Welcome to Moms in the Hub, everything you need to know about living, loving, and raising little ones in the 806. Go grab your wine and start folding that laundry while you listen to hosts Crystal and Danae share mom fells, discuss trending mom topics, and interview experts. Don't let the Lubbock wind blow you away. Stay grounded as we navigate navigate motherhood in the hub together. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Be sure to share your favorite episode with family and friends, write a positive review, and leave a five-star rating for your favorite Lubbock mom. Hi there, and welcome to Moms in the Hub. I'm Crystal Granzo. And I'm Danae Hooks. So we have a great guest coming on today here in a little bit, um, Vikram, and he is very versed when it comes to horticulture and plants. Um, so I'm excited to hear what he has to say. It'll be a fun interview. Uh, do you think he's going to be okay with us calling him Vikram when he has a PhD? Well, we can ask him if he likes to be called doctor. I've been watching his videos and okay. he's a pretty funny guy. So I think he probably has a really good sense of humor. And on the videos, does he call himself doctor? No, he says, what's up, nerds? That's how he says <laughs> it. <laughs> and he gives little oh. plant uh, tidbits. And I watched a whole bunch of them, and I learned a lot. So, Oh, no. Yeah. That's would... good. Okay. Well, my husband's going to love this thing. Yeah. Because he's kind of like the Joe Gardner of uh, Lubbock, it sounds like. Yeah. And I have questions, especially being in West Texas, like what you can and cannot do. Okay. So sounds great. Okay, well, the snow and the ice has just ruined me. Oh my gosh, it's like starting all over again mentally. Yeah, and I was just telling you how bad of a parent I was this week. <laughs> I mean, because we were saying quarantine, at least it was pretty weather and you could go outside. Yeah, this, well, yeah, you couldn't. <clears throat> Which didn't really bother me, but then it's like it doesn't bother you until it does, and then it just hits you. And yeah. It's like, and then when you're told that you absolutely cannot because mm-hmm. you'll freeze to death. So, I mean, which, I mean, I laugh, but that's some people really did. So it was just scary, you know, especially with little kids and mm-hmm. older, the elderly and animals. So in Texas, we're not prepped no, um, for these types of days. So it's not like in the North where it's that we're just Texans who can't handle this stuff. It's like, we don't have the funds going towards this. We don't have the equipment to to go and clear out the Mm -mm. roads appropriately and safely. Like it's just not safe. It's out there. It's the wild, wild West and West Texas, basically of of ice and snow. Well, and you prepare for like maybe once a year, the situation Mm -hmm. for a day, not a whole week in my entire educational career. um, And I mean that as a student and a teacher and you know how old I am. So that's a long time. 28 years old. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You mean 28 years? Yeah, 28 years. 28 years of this stuff. I've never had an entire week of a snow day. You oh, really? One or two. I've never had to stay home an entire week. When we lived in the Cincinnati area, mm-hmm. we moved from Cincinnati to Kentucky, and we were living in a very small apartment until we found a house that we wanted to buy. We were stuck inside when it snowed really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it snowed a couple of feet. We were stuck in like... 900 square feet with two kids for a week wow and i thought i was going to die <laughs> yeah so yeah. i guess you're just having flashbacks yeah. but i'm saying as a whole in the entire state of texas we usually no. have one or two ice days right. snow days or whatever but we've never had school not happen for an entire week no and i know it's not just because of snow you know it's because of ERCOT. is that who it is ERCOT. ERCOT, yeah ERCOT. 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 I believe. Okay. 
Everybody knows what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. So, the electricity, yeah. right? <laughs> or, or the lack thereof. I get that, but just an entire week of not yeah. going. It has just kind of been a lot to actually to sit with. Like, it's never really happened like that before. And we were so fortunate here. I oh, mean, yeah. We Price never lost, lost, Texas, lost yeah. electricity, but, I, you know, my cousin, they were without water and electricity for five days Mm -hmm. um i have another family member i think she said they just got electricity back today wow my parents are currently in a boil water state um in mason so there's a i mean so what does that mean they have to boil all the water why something i mean i don't know the reasoning for that i mean it has to do with the storm but um i guess the water's tainted with something or it's not safe to drink unless you boil it before it's exciting yeah yeah so that sounds healthy well, I know that I just felt like at first grade, you know, it's going to be cold. I'll watch a couple of Harry Potter movies, which I didn't. I watched Fantastic Beasts and those are good in case you wanted to know. And um, anyways, so when when they're about to do rolling. OK, because in Lubbock, down um, South Lubbock, if you have South Plains. So I have South Plains. What are you on? We're on LPNL. OK, I thought they all did rolling blackouts LPNL. I think they did, but we didn't, it never affected us. Wow. And maybe South Plains did too. I don't know anything about, but down here it didn't affect us either. Mm -hmm. And so I really, we were so grateful and, you know, very lucky that nothing happened except for a very, very cold day, you know, to both of us. Right. Because we didn't, but I was really worried about when that would happen. And then how long, how long, how Mm -hmm. many hours it didn't hit me until it was about to hit me. And that's kind of horrible i guess as an individual that i'm not really worried about i wasn't worried about it until i was yeah and then i was like okay now we need to preserve the wood Mm -hmm. um so i stopped having the fires in the fireplace because i thought what if the electricity goes off yeah and then you know my entire house is electric we don't have gas so how am i going to cook what am i going to eat i can't pop something in the microwave and i don't like lunchables so then I'm trying to think charcuterie. Yeah. Like what am I gonna what am I gonna feed these kids? Because they literally eat all day long. Yeah, I went in full prep mode. I, I made sure I bet you did. I, did. I bet you did. I'm gonna embarrass myself right now. Okay. But you know, I went and charged everything. Um phones yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh Kindles. I boiled eggs so that way we could at least eat eggs. Well, I know, and, uh, but necessary, I right? Know. Okay. I had sandwich stuff. We had charcuterie stuff. So like anything that we had to cook, I was making the kids eat that and save the stuff that we wouldn't have to cook just in case. I even filled up some big things with water and put them in the outside fridge. So we'd have water in case we ran out. So I have tons <laughs> of gallons of water because we don't use the water in our, oh yeah, that's our right, well, that's right. so. So you were prepared. Um, so I was good with the water. The water was not the issue for me. More so, I needed to bring the water in the house so it wouldn't freeze. Yeah. Because everything in my garage is freezing. Yeah. Or did freeze. And then we turned down, you know, our heat to like 66 to help with energy. And I didn't do laundry, which, you know, I usually do laundry every day. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't pile up. Yeah. So it was a lot of yeah. laundry left. And then I tried not to do it all at once because I didn't want, you know, to contribute to everybody using electricity at once. So. Yeah. It was just scary. It just got to a scary point when you're just waiting on, for us down here, I was waiting on the blackouts and then waiting on knowing how long it was happening. It's like, it would have probably just, I don't know, been easier, but it would have been, 
it would have been less anxiety for me as an individual if it would have just gone out. Right. You know, because then you just don't know. You're just waiting. But waiting on it mm-hmm. was like, oh, it just, it's like a sinking feeling in my yeah. stomach that was just, that, that put me into a scary, anxious mode. Right. So. Well, I think we learned a lot from this, just like quarantine. I mean. Yeah. My husband wants to go off the grid now. Yeah. I mean, I thought about I like, it. I thought like. What if this happens again? Which, you know, the chances of it happening again are very slim, but it could for other reasons, maybe not necessarily a storm, but like, what? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just don't know what the other reasons are. Well, my husband, you know, they had to stop production on his. Yeah. And the only thing with that was, is they have to provide linens for hospitals. Mm-hmm. So they were concerned with not being able to get the stuff to the hospitals that they needed mm-hmm. um, to, you know, continue. But so, and then they lost electricity several times. He had an employee, as soon as the lights went out, fall, trip and fall, and hurt herself. So yeah. it was just like one, you know, one thing after another. It's always something, right? Mm-hmm. And then my parents, they kept having rolling blackouts. So I was trying to get a hold of them to make sure that they were okay. Because mm-hmm. my stepdad, you know, he... Um, he needs electricity. He does. He's got to have it. Well, he went to... They went... They have to drive 120 miles round trip for his dialysis three days a week. Mm-hmm. So they had didn't have a choice but to drive to dialysis mm-hmm. because he can't live without it. They slid off the road through a fence. So that wow. was scary. And then when he got to dialysis two days later, he only got 45 minutes of it because the electricity there went out. What? And it wasn't at a hospital, so they didn't have a generator. So he didn't get the full treatment. So, yeah, a lot of different things. And then I saw. So how's he doing right now? Um, I talked to my mom earlier and he's doing okay, but you know, same old stuff. Cause there are people out there still, um, feeling the aftermath right. and the effects of this when the rest of us incredibly lucky ones are not like, it's a sunny day in, in Lubbock again, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, they're still dealing, dealing with it. And then mm-hmm. I think about, um, like my cousin's husband, they're farmers and, and they had to make sure that the horses stayed alive and didn't freeze to oh, death. Yeah. Someone was telling me that they were living with calves, that all their friends with a bunch of calves had cows all over their house because they didn't want the baby calves to um, yeah, to go to calf heaven. My So a girl that I know that I went to school with, she posted on Facebook, they lost two calves that were just born yeah. and they froze. And then another, um, my mom's friend, they had a calf in the house with them. Yeah. And then somebody had some goats. So, I mean, they really... It's not just you you're worried about. You're trying to take care of your animals as well. You forget about all the other things. And then like the water troughs were freezing. Mm -mm. So, you know, they had to find a way to get them the water, but Mm -hmm. then they didn't have water. And so it's just Mm -hmm. a lot. I'm glad that's over with. I hope so. You know, if we could have an early summer, that'd be really nice. I'm about ready for that. And then we'll start complaining about the heat. Yeah. (laughs) You got to complain about something, didn't I? What else are we going to (laughs) do? Yeah. Just enjoy your perfect life. I'm not ready for shorts. (laughs) You know, I, 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 my legs need some shorts. Yeah, I do need some sun. I guess I'm not ready to start shaving yet. But. <laughs> I mean, who is? That's the one, that's that's the one a, positive about winter. Yeah, let's be real. I don't shave anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, Hudson's ready to go back to school, though. It was um, mm-hmm. every single day. School canceled. School canceled. I miss my friends. I miss school. You know, after being gone for so long with quarantine. Mm-hmm. He did miss it. So what is going on with this? I just feel like these are really big extremities mm-hmm. that I never had to deal with growing up. Right. 
Like, like I said, now, one snow day. You know, you might get one snow day and parents are getting divorced. Those were like the highs. Yeah. The highs? Yeah, the highs of like 1999. <laughs> That's, unless there's something really big politically going on I don't know nothing about, which is probably true. But, yeah. you know, like 12-year-old Crystal didn't have to quarantine. Yeah. No. Our kids are definitely going to remember this. Or maybe they won't. Mine won't. Well, no, yours are small. And I'm the bad mother who did absolutely nothing in the snow. You great moms out there who are eating the snow, you know, made snow cones and such and ice cream. I don't even, I'm not even looking at you today because I know it's, it's you too. I made snow ice cream and it was disgusting. Ugh. Okay, good. I don't know who was saying it was good, but I, I guess I did it wrong. But the kids enjoyed it. I did none of that. Yeah. They did not go outside. They did not put on gloves or a jacket. Mm. I really don't even think... I think they ran around in their underwear the most of the week <laughs> well so i mean with not being able to do laundry my kids just wore the same pajamas every day that makes me feel so good yeah. and okay, i wore pajamas good. too i said serious hudson said are you still in your pajamas i was like we're not doing laundry why would i change out of, you These know into something yoga else pants. yeah no they were like legit <laughs> <were> pajamas, pajamas. <laughs> i just added my uh tennis shoes on with them <laughs> so you wore shoes in the house well Yes, I have a thing. I can't go barefoot. I, I'd hate it. Why? I don't know. It just really bothers me. So if I'm not wearing my athletic shoes, I have to wear flip flops or something. Then you don't have sweaty feet, do you? No. Do okay. you have sweaty feet? Yes. Oh, so that's okay. why I don't like wearing <laughs> shoes. I don't want my feet to sweat all day long. The te- I mean, the texture or something, I don't know, sensory, I, I just don't like it. How weird. And I feel like I can't get as much done around the house if I'm not wearing my athletic shoes. Like that takes it up a notch. <gasps> I'm serious. <laughs> If I'm wearing flip-flops, then it's like, oh, I might get one little laundry done, a couple of things done. If I'm wearing athletic shoes, you better believe I'm going to have everything done. Every day I learn something new and weird about you, Janae. <laughs> it's like, okay, I know you're already trying to... Let's tell everyone. I, we talk about minimizing our houses every single episode. I understand that. But yeah. that's this all This isn't that, a minimized show. That's it. That, I know it's not, but that's all we're doing. And you are about down to the studs, and yet you're still... Going through and organizing things. I had I watched Marie stuff. Marie Kondo is that her name? I don't know. I watched her show the other day, and then it set off a whole other chain reaction of getting rid of things. Mm -mm. So now I think you need to get rid of the big furniture pieces. Yeah, well, we don't have a lot of furniture. You already stack up your stools. I know. Who else stacks up their stools? We need to know. So you're going to have to make a comment and tag us. Let us know if you stack your kitchen stools up and then take them out individually when necessary. They're not in the way you push them under. There's a spot underneath the bar. (laughs) There's a spot under the bar for the stools. Why do you have to stack them in the corner? To me, stacked in the corner is clutter. That's true, but I can't, like, I can sweep easier oh, if they're okay. out of the way. Yeah. And how many times a day do you sweep that one spot in your kitchen? I mean, I do the little sweeper at least once. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I need to see a therapist. I think so, too. And I want to be there. I think we should record it. It should be an episode. Oh, my gosh. really great. Oh, yeah. I want to know the reason behind this. Let's and dive let's, deep into this. Let's do it. Tell me, what other weird quirks do you have, Denise? I'm not letting all my secrets out on the show. Well, I'm about to tell everyone. Let me I don't think know. We could do a whole one. show of that, I guess. <laughs> I can't think of any right now, but. Anal retentive Danae. What? Anal retentive Danae. That's not what I heard. 
<laughs> oh dear. That's a big cut. <laughs> That's a big butt. Oh. <laughs> Do you, do you want to start singing? Because like you cannot lie. <laughs> oh, speaking of singing. Okay, sure. We were watching Ariel yesterday, or The Little Mermaid yesterday. Ariel. <laughs> yeah. And I went off into my whole Ariel right. like, song, uh, yeah. like legit screaming it through the house. And Hadley's like, that's so good. Do it again. And I went to Hudson's room and I was like, did you just hear that? And he's like, yes, you have to stop now. <laughs> I was like, well, Hadley, um, <clears throat> Hadley said that I sounded really good. And he's like, She's just saying that. She doesn't know any better. <laughs> I don't know. She sh- That's true. She doesn't know any better. No. But that's sweet that she gives you compliments like that's that. That's true, yeah. For it's now. Aerial. And she's kind of bossy, so she could, you know, tell you to stop. That's true. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you give us a little taste of what that what that aerial sounds like? No. Go ahead. Ah. Uh... <laughs> In my mind, it sounds just like her. I'm serious. I'm like, dang, why did they cast me for the movie? Danae, I cannot pee my pants today. Okay. Well, I can't do laundry. I can't. You're 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 trying to conserve. I'm conserving. (laughs) Hold it in. That's a conversation we could have about being a mom and peeing your pants. No, I don't think anyone wants to hear about that. No, they don't. Yeah. Just know you're not the only one out there. (laughs) We could have a a whole episode about it. Yeah. (laughs) About things that change once you're a mother. (laughs) Or older, I guess. I don't know. What? Nothing. I'm just (laughs) listening to you. I'm just learning. This is the um, Let's Embarrass Danae show today. Yeah. All right, well, we hope that you enjoy. <laughs> we got to end on that note. This interview because um, we're ready to get some sunshine in this place and to learn about horticulture um, and what's going on at Texas Tech and all of the great things that's going on with dirt and plants. So um, if you're interested in that, and, you know, a lot of my mom friends are. Mm-hmm. They even created their own little Facebook page. Oh, really? For um, gardeners. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you got the herb gardens and you got your flowers. I mean, that's what we do as adults, right? We do Some the herb us. garden. That is right, Danae. I have a question about that. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Today on the show, we have Vikram Baliga, and he is, he's got his PhD in horticulture. He's a Texas A&M grad and a Texas Tech grad. You're a professor at Texas Tech. And you also are a podcaster, a dad, and a husband. So welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be talking with you all today. We're excited to talk to you. We have so much to we talk do. about. We have a lot of questions. I'm a little giddy. And it's not really because of me. It's just because of my husband. He's going to love it. Yeah. That's awesome. And we really like having dads on. So yeah. we do a lot of moms, but having a dad in here is, you know, refresh, like a refresher. So Yeah, you know, it was interesting when Chelsea reached out about, you know, maybe contributing to the Lubbock Moms group and uh, doing the podcast and all that. I, uh, I was like, but I'm not a mom. You know, and she and and she just kind of said, "Well, we're trying to get more dad content." So I was excited to get to yeah. uh, be a part of that. So, what kind of dad content do you want to contribute? I have no idea. You no idea. Know yet? I'm still trying okay. to figure that out. I mean, you know, I, like it's interesting cause thinking about it. I was like, I don't know that I have like great parenting tips because I we all just kind of figure it out as we go. Right. It's like 
how do you survive five years of raising a child so far? That's about all I know, you know, yeah. and I don't know that I know that well, but you know, I want to contribute more of the kind of content that's like, okay, if you're trying to navigate school or college or uh, <laughs> fixing your, you know, where, who do you call to fix your car or oh yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah. How do you, you know, do basic home repair stuff or how do you garden? You know, those are I think more than like parenting tips. I want to talk about like life skill kind of stuff that unfortunately is is sort of a knowledge gap for a lot of people. You know, I teach mm-hmm. college freshmen. And God bless that's you. What, <laughs> yeah, it's eye opening. Yeah, yeah. I'm like these people are adults. And are they though? Uh, no, I think they, psychology they, these says people are technically adults. Yeah, yeah. Legally. 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 There you go. That's what I say. They're legally adults. And they're expected to be but so it's it's almost unfair, right? Because like you think about biologically, psychologically, they're 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 kids, whether yeah. they want to admit that or not. Mm-hmm. But societally, we expect them to make adult decisions, mm-hmm. take on debt, make school decisions and job decisions and life decisions that's going to affect them for, you know, literally the rest of their lives. And I think some of the things we don't prepare our students for, our young adults for, is the life stuff. Like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, you, you are renting a house and your water heater explodes. Mm-hmm. What do what you do? do? Yeah. I mean, you call, call your dad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the more I, the, the more I talk to my students and learn about my students, the more I realize, and, and this is not, I guess, revelatory, but that a lot of them don't have that relationship with, uh, uh, you know, so, someone that can tell them those things, you yeah. know, for a wide variety of reasons. And so, like, you know, if I ever get to a place where my brain will let me actually create content, that's the kind of stuff I want to do. Yeah. Right? Okay. If you had a question that normally you would ask your dad, I would love to be able to answer some of those questions. And that I think that's a very good perspective to add to Lubbock Moms because I think as moms, we want to fix everything for our kids. Like, I know my 11-year-old, instead of maybe having him do some things that he should do, I'm trying to fix it. So to have you come in and do take on that that side of it, I think that's very helpful and needed, but it, let's get back to, um, well, no, I was thinking like you were talking, I was thinking all these questions, but tell us a little bit about like what you do at tech and, you know, your background in hort- horticulture and kind of just about you. Yeah. So, um, I have, I wear kind of a few hats at Texas Tech. So I'm a, a lecturer in the plant and soil science department. I teach and sort of oversee our, um, introductory horticulture program. Uh, just, uh, actually just starting in that role this semester. And, uh, so I got, I got finished my PhD in the fall, graduated in December. I've stepped into this role, um, where I'm helping, we've got three professors or three faculty that teach and like five TAs. So we teach about anywhere between 250 and 400 students in this course a semester. Uh, we have like 15, 16 labs that we manage. So I kind of oversee that program. I teach one of the classes and then... I also manage our teaching and research greenhouse uh, on campus. Oh, okay. And so I, I do a lot of various things. Yeah, you sound like you're busy. <laughs> yeah, and that's really great. I just feel like I didn't know what the word horticulture meant until an adult, and so I wish I would have known earlier. You know, being a freshman, even being a freshman going yeah. in and knowing that this is something you're researching, it's just great life skills right. as a whole. 
but interesting. How are their essays? Are they written well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, so, so we, te- uh, 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 as a core class, mm-hmm. so we are core science. So instead okay. of coming in and taking like biology or chemistry, you can take horticulture. So cool. That's, that's nice. Yeah. Fun, more applied, mm-hmm. but it's like real science, right? We do right. work. They have to work and learn. And mm-hmm. uh, I think some of our students take it because they're like, oh, that sounds easy. Mm-hmm. And it's not not easy, but it's not as like straightforward, I think, as some people. Right. You have to apply yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's real science. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. In our lab and in the class, we make them write a scientific paper. Hmm. And in grading those, <laughs> it, is, it is clear to me that that um, maybe at a lot of our high school level education, writing is something that is not really focused on very much, especially this type of writing. Um, you know, some of them, I think, could write me a wonderful, like, uh, a creative story or something like that, right? Creative writing is is a whole different animal. Not that not that it's easier. There's a whole different skill set involved there. Uh, but when you think about like scientific writing and how do you present information clearly and succinctly and all of that, mm-hmm. it's a totally different like syntax overall, a whole different format than they're used to. So we as horticulturists have to teach scientific writing as well in this course and so that certainly does uh, present a bit of a challenge exciting it's killing you over here yeah, the, she's great. the english teacher yeah. oh. <laughs> high school english but oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. i don't i did i didn't mean that i'm so sorry i will say no it's fine so so, so some and i'm them, aware crystal's responsible no, no she's not yes. no she is not i don't think so <laughs> no it's there there are you can tell a difference, right, mm-hmm. of, of students that had something that was writing intensive um, it, and those that haven't. Yeah. Um, just because of the way they present information and present mm-hmm. their – well, and again, scientific writing is, is weird to begin with, yeah. right? And if you've never done that type of thing, uh, there's, there's no reason they should know. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Makes right? sense. It's a, it's a new skill. It's a whole new language and a whole new mm-hmm. way of approaching it. Um, and I actually think that should be taught in high school science classes, not just in the English classes. Uh, I know that's a, a whole other thing that someone's going to get mad at me for saying. That's right. <laughs> How exciting. But, I love that you are just going to tick people off today. I'm, really I'm so excited about I, that. I hope I'm not ticking y'all off. That's no, 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 no. I love it. Yeah. This is great. So. Okay. Did they get in the greenhouse? Sorry. No, gonna, it's okay. They, the, your students get in the greenhouse and they work it. Yeah. What do you do with all that? Is it food for the cafeteria? What's in or? the greenhouse? We have um, a wide variety of things. You know, most of what we teach our intro horticulture students is how to plant a seed, you know, and how mm-hmm. to document that process of growing a seed. We talk about hydroponics a little bit. We t- talk about plant propagation, so how to take cuttings and, you know, make new plants and that kind of thing. That's kind of their, so their big um, paper they have to write focuses around propagation. So we... Uh, have a whole bunch of various plants. They take cuttings. They learn about how to root those cuttings and all of that kind of stuff. And so that's really their big writing assignment. So do they create new plants? 
Do you cut this one from this one and this one from this one and then make a new one? That's got a, a word for it. What's it called? I don't, I'm an English oh, teacher. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we don't really do that with this class. We do some grafting with some of our uh, plant science students. Uh, there is a whole course about plant propagation in our department. Um, That's cool. So they, they spend their, yeah, so they, they spend their semester learning about how to graft one apple tree to another or whatever. Yeah, like my pecans. Yeah. That's what made me think about it is because my pecan trees are not all normal pecans. Sure. They're different kinds because of grafting. Yeah, no, 100%. Okay, so here's a question from my husband. He <laughs> asked me to ask you, um, could I have an aquaponics, no, hold on. Okay, can an at-home greenhouse work in West Texas in the summer? Yes, if you can cool it a little bit. Okay. So there's lots of at-home greenhouses around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, absolutely, I think so. Um, you know, in the summer, we we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to keep our greenhouses cool enough. Mm -hmm. And so we have big cooling systems and all of that. You know, in, in a backyard setting, if you could, like, throw some bird netting over it to reduce some of your sunlight or put it in a place that maybe uh, excludes a little bit of afternoon sun, you can keep it cool enough in there and then just like keeping the door open, popping a fan in usually is enough to, to make it work. You know, what I see most at home growers doing from a greenhouse perspective is like starting seeds or keeping plants alive through the winter and that kind of thing. And then growing outside during the summer. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's no reason an at home greenhouse couldn't couldn't be productive and useful all year round here. And how is it different in West Texas? Because we lived, we're from Texas, but before we lived in Kentucky okay. and I had a great herb garden going. Yeah. And she talks about all the time. Like she can't has, grow I any. To, I had to leave it there. Her basil is gone. I know. And I hate it. <laughs> That's sad. So I, I feel like if I put it outside between the wind and the dirt, it's not going to make it. It, so you need some kind of cover. You know, we have a big windbreak that we planted at the greenhouse or at our... Mm -hmm. So in addition to the greenhouse, we have about two and a half acres of horticultural garden around it that I also manage. And so we have a big windbreak there. And so we can put our plants in. The wind kind of gets caught. It traps some of that dust. And uh, yeah, things go a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, you can honestly, as long as you can screen against the wind a little bit, that could be with plants... That could be with like some kind of structure. Uh, you can pretty much grow whatever you want here. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Can I have an aquaponic strawberry plant to sustain my daughter's four pound a week eating habits? Oh, man. <laughs> like he uh, literally wants to just pick the strawberries and then continue to wrote, right? Doesn't that, isn't that basically what grow. the question is? That it's just it a constant. You're always growing strawberries. Growth of strawberries for this little girl who just, like, she's going to turn into a strawberry. <laughs> like an Oompa Loompa, no. Um, but that guy, the chocolate, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, the girl turns into the uh, blueberry. blueberry yeah. My daughter is a strawberry. <laughs> um, so, strangely enough, I have done work in strawberries. Uh, Exciting. In previous job. <laughs> um, so, strawberries around here are actually a cool season crop. So people will plant strawberries, like, they, they grow them around mm -hmm. here. They'll plant them in, like, September, October, overwinter them. Sometimes they cover them on the coldest days. Um, and then they're harvested starting about now through about the end of April. Wow. Now, in a greenhouse setting, there's a couple of different varieties of strawberries. There's uh, what we call June-bearing that are, like, warm season 
essentially warm season strawberries. Uh, and you could grow it in a hydroponic or aquaponic system. Uh, they don't, like, per plant, they don't produce a ton, right? You can get, like, if you're, honestly, if you're getting about two to three pounds of strawberries on a plant in an entire growing season, that's pretty good. Ooh, okay. That's good production. Okay. So we've got a lot, have a lot of plants. Yes. So, so keep going to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, in, in a production facility, they're growing, like, thousands and thousands of plants and so um yeah about two to three pounds of, uh, of strawberries per plant in a season is really pretty good yield okay and so yeah you would need quite he's, a few strawberries he's out of luck yeah that's so sad okay so i only know when to plant things i'm using my air quotes because i wouldn't even call it planting okay <laughs> when um costco sets them out okay so last year costco set out blueberry and strawberries i, I guess it's bulbs or uh -huh. whatever they are and i put them in my pots to plant and i yield it you hear that vocabulary no yeah you're learning quick i yield it to very tiny baby strawberries <laughs> but i will tell you they were the most delicious strawberry Singular that I had ever <laughs> <laughs> eaten because my daughter took the other one. I was gonna so, say, did you even give it to her? Because <laughs> yeah, I had to give her one. Yeah, and they were growing, and you know, she popped it off for, without you know permission. So regardless, I only know what to place in the ground from you know Costco setting sure. them out, or you know, my husband does the research and all that kind of stuff. But um, he has real big dreams about planting and growing and sustaining. You know, like, who cares if the electricity went out? Yeah. We're going to be off the grid, right, food sure. included. He's and not I, the only one having those thoughts right now. So. I know, but I just feel like that's not an actual option in West Texas. You could do it. I, it it's all about when you plant and where okay. you plant, right? If you can, like, our soil, people are, people talk about how our soil is terrible. It's not. You can grow, honestly, really pretty much whatever you want here. Blueberries, maybe not. Those would struggle. I never got any of those, but, so you're right. Yeah. What about avocado, <laughs> though? Uh, it's probably too cold. Yeah. In a greenhouse, you could do it. Okay. Lime. Uh, lime tree mm -hmm. instead. My, uh, my mom actually has a, a patio key lime that she keeps on her back patio. And, uh, when it's cold, she, they have a little sunroom that she brings it into. Okay. And okay. she picks limes off it all year. That's what I should have done. Yeah. Brought it in. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, so with this crazy week that we've had with, you know, the Arctic blast, how, how'd that affect the plants at Tech? Oh, yeah. Um, well, we, we were okay. Cause you know, most of my stuff's in a greenhouse. It's heated mm -hmm. and cooled. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't know about everything outside yet. Okay. It'll, the dam. I'll, I'll say the damage will not be evident until spring. Okay. Um, when stuff doesn't wake up and, uh, you know, I, I hate to be like negative about it, but we're going to see a lot of winter kill this year. It was uncharacteristically cold for a very long time. Yeah. And like some of our plants or a lot of our plants that are kind of marginal here will take that temperature for like a night. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it was like, you know, below 10 degrees for like three days, uh, I, I would suspect that we lose a lot of trees and shrubs and things this year. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough year. Something that Lubbock does not need to lose no. at all. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really sad. How did so I, I'm a wine lover. Anybody <laughs> listening to the show knows that I love my wine. And I, we used to live in Louisiana and they talked about how West Texas was really good for growing, um, grapes. Yeah. And I grew up near Fredericksburg and apparently that's 
not the best place to grow grapes. So why is it so good to grow things like that out here? And why the misperception? Yeah. That, you know, that that? is an interesting question. Uh, Most of it's marketing. Yeah, that's that's true. uh, They can market it well in the hill country and say, oh, it's a Fredericksburg wine. It's $73 a bottle, right? Uh, But actually, 85% of the grapes crushed in Texas are bought from the high plains within about 50 miles of where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. Really? So I moved to the right place. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is like cutting-edge wine country, actually. Wine grape country. So uh, Brownfield, or Terry County, mm-hmm. is the wine, or the grape capital of Texas. Really? It's crazy. They have like 10,000, 15,000 acres of grapes in. And we don't deal with some of the disease issues and pest issues that they do in the hill country and other parts of the state. Uh, there's something called Pierce's disease that really like wreaks havoc on um, grapes down in that area where it's more humid. Mm -hmm. So we're hot and we're dry uh, and we don't get the disease issues. Our soil's perfect for grapes. The hot summers build a lot of sugar into the the berries. And so um, we actually, grapes from our region produce like award-winning top-notch wines. Very nice. So everybody Lucky listening, you yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay, so um, I'd like to know more about your family okay. and how you got into horticulture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to decide where to start on that question. So uh, <laughs> we'll start talking about my family first a little bit. Um, so I have a, a, my wife is named Alana. She is the education coordinator at the Science Spectrum. Oh, fun. Um, yeah. And so she runs most of their educational programming in, in and out of house. Uh, we have a five-year-old son named Bradley. He just turned five, and he is unfortunately already smarter than I am, <laughs> uh, which is, is going to be fun in high school. Mm-hmm. Right, I was just about to say. We're yeah. going to be in the principal's office so much. Yeah, so much. I feel um, you. <laughs> he's unfortunately just like me, except smarter. So I'm going <laughs> to struggle. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm you know I'm a Lubbock native. I actually my wife and I both we uh, grew up here. Um, we both went to A and M sort of separately we we well i say that that's not really true uh i think we would have both gone to a&m anyway but we started dating our junior year of high school and so we dated through high school and college and then got married as soon as we finished our undergrad uh and then moved home because it's i'm I'm one of those weird people that really likes it here Mm -hmm. um i it's it's home for one thing but yeah it's a good place to raise a family i just want to say that it's i don't know there's something about this place that like, I, I love Lubbock. Yeah. Well, and it's, we always say this, it's a, it has everything you need, but it still has that small town feel. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. And so, uh, no, we, you know, I, I started grad school. Um, I started my master's right after um, I finished my undergrad. So we got, I, we, I started my master's in June of 2010. We got married in August. And so we. I was going to school at Tech, yeah. so we moved home and all that. And um, so we've been married ten years now. Yeah. Wow. Great job. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I mean, that's that's she great. Hit, yeah. She's put up with me. That's this an accomplishment. Yeah. Well, is, and even longer, really, since yeah, high well, that's school. True. Yeah. yeah. So we've been together since we were sixteen. Um, so seventeen years now. It's a beautiful love story. Yeah. Yeah. She's put up with me. I think she deserves an award of some kind because <laughs> I'm. I, I think I'm I'm hard to live with some days. So well, given her career, we need to have her on, and then yeah. she can also give us some dirt and tell us some stories about oh, you. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be so exciting. Oh man, 
but now I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> Payback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, she would be like, oh, that's my opportunity. Uh, no, so uh, growing up, my mom and I lived with my grandparents here in Lubbock. My uh, granddad, who just passed away last year, was a doctor here in town, uh, on the east side of town. And um, so I was like, I, I want to be a doctor. That's what I wanted to do. So I started at A&M um, in biomedical engineering and uh i was like i'm gonna go to med school and i'm going to design prosthetics and all of this stuff Ew. and then i interned with the doctor and realized i don't like blood and <laughs> good to know I, that's yeah. important yeah it's... and then i took calculus and realized i don't like calculus <laughs> You and everybody else. <laughs> those, those were both going to be problems. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I was like 19 and I had no idea what I was doing with my life already. I was like, I've already ruined it. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, my brain wasn't done forming yet. Right. Frontal lobe. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, which I'll, if any of my students listen to this, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. but, um, So I went and talked to just a general studies advisor and they were like, well, what do you like? And I was oh, like, what yeah. can I do? What, you know, I need a job that'll make me money, blah, blah, blah. And they were just like, no, what do you like? Mm -hmm. And like my earliest and best memories are growing vegetables in the backyard with my granddad. And so I was like, well, I like plants, you know? And so I have a, my undergrad is a bachelor of arts in horticulture. I studied landscape design and then my master's and, um, my master's, I studied olive trees and olive production and like water conservation and olives. And then my um, PhD was in urban water conservation, urban landscape. And so, um, you know, my, <clears throat> I don't know if this is a tangent or not, but my, my granddad, uh, like I said, he was a doctor on the east side down on Parkway and, and MLK. There's a little clinic still there, but he ran that clinic for like 25 years. And I grew up um, um, like spending summers there and stuff. My mom went back to grad school when I was little and, and had to work. And so like, I would just go hang out. And I remember up until, like, he was no longer legally, oh, he probably didn't even care. He probably still did it after, but, like, allowed to do it. He would accept literally anything people could pay with. So, like, baskets mm -hmm. of vegetables or, like, a dozen eggs or whatever. Because he felt like, as a doctor, he didn't want to deny actual medical care to someone just because they couldn't afford it. So he and was a good doctor. He was a good doctor. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and, like he saw value in anything that they had to give, right? And so he thought that, you know, yes, it drove my grandma crazy because she was like, you know, we can't pay the light bills with onions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but he just, you know, that was one thing that he was always adamant about is that people should be treated with kindness and respect and that their inability to pay for something did, like, that was not a reason for him to tell them, no, I can't help you. He, mm -hmm. he would help regardless. And so, like, I think... Even when I was young, because he would come home with, like, vegetables and stuff, I saw the value in growing things and in mm -hmm. food and, and all of that. So, like, I, you know, my interests now are in resource conservation and in uh, uh, local food production. That is so powerful. Yeah. And that just makes me want to cry. I'm not going to. <laughs> But then, and that, those are just huge, like, humanity issues as well. Mm -hmm. Even though it was just, you know, right there with an onion. You learn so much more from that. But then also about how to treat people 
Like, I just love that. I wish we just had more people like that. Yeah, he Why? sounds like a great guy. Yes. You know, and... and uh, or I hope we were producing children like that, sure. more people like that. You know what I mean? Well, and then I think about raising my son and, like, you know, I, ultimately, I don't care what he wants to be. You know, if he... he right now, he wants to be a firefighter or an astronaut or... Like a dinosaur. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Um, We've know. got a ninja in there. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> and it comes and goes, right? But right. like as long I think if there's one thing I want to teach him is that there is so much more strength and kindness and compassion than in this weird like definition of masculinity that our our culture has has kind of beaten into our heads Mm -hmm. right since you know i grew up in the in the gi joe generation i'm in Mm -hmm. my early 30s and so it was all like you know superheroes and all this and that's cool i love that stuff yeah but like somewhere along the way i think we lost the idea that 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 there's so it takes a lot of courage to be kind and compassionate and that there's a lot of strength and kindness and compassion and that's you know because that was i mean that was the one thing my granddad always taught me and growing up with him, like as my main father figure for a long time, um, till my mom, uh, you know, remarried when I was 10 or 11. Uh, that was something that always stuck with me. And that's like, if I could teach Bradley one thing, it's that, that, that he can be strong and he can be kind. And those things are not, you know, mutually exclusive. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's so well put too yeah i can't wait till you start writing i know like, <laughs> sounds great like, you better go and there's your first one okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's perfect for real well it just i mean it sounds just you love what you do and you have a real connection to it because of family and your grandparents and i mean that's the ultimate goal right is just to do something you love and i think it's incredible that you that you had that counselor who and Mm -hmm. one where you had the ability without the frontal lobe to go (laughs) in you know and say hey i don't this is not what i want to do i'm not pursuing it just for money like i don't like blood i don't like math yeah this is not going to be for me right so what do i do and that that counselor was kind of i feel like above the time before the time in saying well what do you like to do that's hard that's hard to sit down and say okay what is it and then make a living from that I wish I would have had that option for me it was like blinders on and I started in education I'm going to end in education even if you know it's been a great it's I love it don't get me wrong but it would have been nice to be able to explore yeah other things like who thinks to explore while like plants sure you know what else is there to do in all of the studies like never in my wildest dreams would I think you could study olives Right. Oh, I didn't know either. Till yeah. <laughs> it was funny because I started my, like, I knew I wanted to do my master's and I knew the professor I wanted to work with, uh, Dr. Cynthia McKinney, who just retired a couple years ago. Uh, and so I came to uh, tech and she was like, are you interested in olives? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, there's funding. And I said, yes, I am. I love olives. <laughs> Yummy. Yeah, Martini, great. please. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think, so growing up uh, with a single mom, um, you know, she went back to grad school when I was little, got her, her, uh, she's a bachelor's in microbiology and a master's in business. And she worked for a pharmaceutical company for, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, 35 years. And, and I think, you know, I, I don't remember her ever just telling me this in as many words, but I always got the sense that like, whatever I did, it didn't matter as long as I 
I did my best doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she wanted me to be a doctor. You know, she's, she's, <laughs> of course, she's yeah. an Indian mom. <laughs> so she wanted a doctor or an engineer and you know yeah. uh, you tried yeah you I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm a doctor now I'm just not like yeah. if you're choking on an airplane I'm gonna sit and keep my mouth shut if you're choking on an olive in an airplane yeah. Yeah. is there a doctor? Yeah. no there is not but I know how that olive grew yep. yes. yeah I can tell you where it came from about how big it probably is but that's it oh um, my goodness so but now you know it was I, I had a lot of good influences that when I was in that like position in my life where I was like I'm totally lost I don't know what I'm doing and that's scary at any time but like at 19 you don't know anything about anything mm-hmm. right You're expected to be an adult mm-hmm. yeah and you don't know how I still don't think I know how right. I don't know what that means um like I could go back and like lean on some of those things that it was like oh okay so it doesn't necessarily I don't necessarily have to go get a you know super high-powered six-figure job i can just do something that is useful for the world in some way but more than that that makes me happy right Mm -hmm. and you're gonna instill that in your son and it's just i mean it just sounds it's a great lesson i have a real question for you though and you have to be honest what does your plant situation look like at home oh god it's awful (laughs) awful no don't come to my house it's like it's bad okay because you know usually what you do it's you know yeah you do it at home like i don't want to go home. i don't want to teach all day and then yeah. go home and keep teaching those children all day long yeah no. yeah no i go home and i walk past all the like the dead shrubs in my way and I'm, i don't even care, <laughs> no. I don't care <laughs> you're like i'm keeping everything else beautiful and with the acreage you have i can imagine like that's break time that's not it, create a, time it is a yes at, at work it is a lot of a lot of maintenance and, you know i have a great staff of student mm-hmm. assistants i usually keep between four and six undergrad student assistants that work for me and uh you know they're part-time you know 20 hour a week workers and mm-hmm. um they're awesome like I, I we absolutely could not run that place without um some great student workers mm-hmm. and but but at the same time like i still you know i get home and i'm like i have thought about plants all day yeah i am going to move <laughs> on if i remember maybe maybe and it's funny because my neighbors know what i do and they look at my yard and they're like mm-hmm. you know i don't know if i'm gonna let my kids go and be in his class like, yeah I really, I <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing oh the judgment <laughs> but, uh, uh, no you know i one of these days, I keep, I've said this for six years, but one of these days, I, you know, I just finished my PhD and I'm like, okay, I have the bandwidth now, I think, to actually work on my landscape this yeah, year. Yeah, right. Um, That's cute. So. Yeah. I want to talk to you back next year. Yeah. yeah. And oh, let's no, see if that will happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, I'm like, now I feel like I can read a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> nah. That's cute. <laughs> well, and uh, you're also... Um, a podcaster of course being you know having our podcast we want to hear all about that too because it's about plants as well correct yeah yeah um oh i'm going to interject real quick so are you basically do you know who joe gardner is yes i do know who joe gardner are your feelings on him positive or negative i think they're positive okay (laughs) do you feel like you're the joe gardner of the lubbock podcasting world oh man uh i don't know if i'll i don't know if i'll claim that okay Um, I'm not sure. I, I tend to think that anyone that is talking about plants and getting people excited about, um, it's for me, it's like the Bill Nye effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Bill Nye is an engineer. You know, he, he talks outside of his field a lot, but 
he gets people interested in science. And, like, I grew up with Bill Nye, right? I'm right, of sense. that age that uh, that was on TV, and I loved mm-hmm. it. And I think that anyone that is, you know, making an honest effort to give good information mm-hmm. and get people excited about science and learning and just discovery, I'm, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... Even if sometimes some of these other these folks say something that I'm like, I you know I don't know about that. Yeah. At least it's getting people interested and asking questions and looking for information, and I I think it's a net positive and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in general, because yeah. he inspires my husband to start. Yeah. And, so there you go. But you just said start. There's That's right. Not... There's no finish. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he has started. There's a hole, or he's working on the soil. You know, like yeah, the soil's sure. not good out here. <laughs> Those are air quotes you oh. can't see. Yeah, now you can tell them otherwise yeah. because okay. you know different. <laughs> so the soil's not good. We're working on the soil. Yeah. And there you go. <laughs> it is a process, you yeah. know. Uh, so tell us about your podcast and what, what do you chat about on there and what's it called? So I have a podcast called Planthropology. Which is like anthropology with plants. I made up a word. It's so funny. That's what I told her when, I, yeah. when we looked at it. She it, loves like, puns. She yes, loves it. Awesome. You already had uh, points before you walked yeah. in the door. No, that's good. To yeah. Me. yeah. yeah that's, and then that's... you said the whole teaching. That was just the writing thing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> Don't be sorry for our Texas education system. <laughs> Well, yeah, y'all are y'all are kind of hamstrung in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and you don't have to say it; I'll say it. Right? Um, but, but I uh, so the the show I ha- I have a friend, an old friend that we went to school together, uh, named Kyle Tangler. He he's a Lubbock Lubbockite too, and we were at the greenhouse one day talking about like he just came to see me a couple of years ago. I don't even remember we were talking about mesquite trees or something, and. We're, we're nerds, so we just nerd out about plant stuff. And we talk for a while, and every time we talk, it's like an hour of just nerdy plant stuff. Good. And I was like, you know, this might be an interesting podcast. And we laughed, and we were like, no one will listen to that. Well, about six months later, this was like early in 2019. About six months later, we were interviewing in our department for a new department chair. And as he was coming in, he was talking about like different ways of reaching the public and different ways about... Uh, getting our research out there. And he said mm-hmm. podcast a couple of times. And it stuck in my big dumb brain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I could probably do that. Yep. I have experience in, in media. In my <coughs> last job, I worked with the extension service <coughs> as a community educator. So I've done, I was on a, a couple of radio shows for two years as like a weekly get, guest. I've done TV news. I've done, you know, all of that, like as, as the interviewer, interviewee, I right. guess. Um, and I was like, I could do a podcast. And so, like, September of 2019, I started, like, just trying. I had no idea what I was doing. Like, literally had no idea what I was doing. And just jumped into it and luckily didn't get fired. Uh, <laughs> in fact, our my department has been so supportive of it. Um, they were like, let's write it into your job description. Oh, wow. Neat. So it's tied in with tech. Yeah. So that, oh. Yeah, so, so tech is, supports the show and... Um, like our department, my, my department chair said, look, we need to find other ways to get research out, get what we're doing out mm-hmm. and, and promote the field. And, you know, it's, it's, so the show I interview, um, academics. So people from the university, other universities, but also people in the industry, mm-hmm. because I feel like sometimes there, there's two stories we don't tell. 
And one of them is, um, like, ten years down the road in your career, why are you still going to care? Right? So we, we teach our students all of the information, and mm-hmm. we give them the knowledge they need. And if we're doing a good job, we even give them the, the skills to apply that knowledge to their lives. But sometimes I feel like we leave that question open of, like, okay, I, learned, I spent four years and $80,000 learning about soil. What am I going to do the rest of my life? Right. Mm -hmm. So I try to find people in the industry and professionals that are still like excited about what they do Mm -hmm. and interview them on the show. And so it's more about the humans than the plants. And so it's like, you know, I, I, what I'm interested in is what is our overall human connection to plants and the environment. And I, I have found that the best way to find that out is to talk to the people that work with those things. And so I I interview a guest uh, every episode or a guest or two, almost every episode, and we talk and I ask them about what got them into what they do and what their job is and why they still do it and what the future looks like and all of that. And, uh, you know, I think the best comment I ever got, like in an iTunes review or whatever, was that it sounds like two people sitting around talking in a coffee shop and you're overhearing their conversation. And that's exactly the vibe I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Just that it's super casual. Mm-hmm. People are talking about life and their jobs and all of that. And you kind of get to, you know. Glean. Yeah. yeah. Be privy to that. That. yeah. yeah and hear their passion. And... and it's fun. I enjoy doing it. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, y'all know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, between scheduling and doing the recording and promoting and everything else it's mm-hmm. a lot of work but mm-hmm. um the other story I, I mentioned there were two stories we don't tell and so that's like as far as subject matter goes but i have always felt like in academia we generate all this knowledge we do all this research and then we sit on it and we put those pieces of information in like scientific journals Mm-hmm. That nobody, literally nobody wants to read. Yeah. Nobody had, I, I can read a paper in my field and have to read it three times because I'm like, what, what are you, what words are you using? Those are not <laughs> words. What are you doing? Um, because it's like all jargon. It's yeah. all like, and I'm like, stop, stop. <sighs> and so we have a big, like a public full of people that's paying taxes and paying us to do research. Like our research is is taxpayer funded and then we take all this stuff and we use everyone's money and we generate information that we never give back to them so it's like you're paying for a product that you never get right Hmm. Uh, except from an overall maybe general societal but Mm -hmm. i've always felt like no let's take that information and package it in a way that anyone can hear and be excited about and understand yeah so like i think the story we don't tell is how do we close that feedback loop Mm -hmm. and so i think podcasting and these stupid videos I do on Facebook and TikTok, they're so stupid. I love them, um, though. Like, they're really good. <laughs> it's, it's all in an attempt to close that feedback loop yeah. and give a little bit of what the people have already paid for back to them. So are you dancing on TikTok? No, no one wants to see that. You need to take it <laughs> up a level. Take it up a level. Vikram, the plant guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could have like a little yeah. dancing intro. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. Who wants yeah. to write a jingle here? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, I was watching the pomegranate one that you did. Uh-huh. And I, I'm i going to do that from now on. So, I mean, it's it's good information. Short, you know, short videos with good information that you can, you know, take away something. So, so did you see that on Facebook or were you watching TikTok? Um, 
Well, you, yeah, you share them on Facebook, so that's where I, I don't have TikTok. I know, but that doesn't mean you can't see them because Instagram has a. I'm talking really out of mind, no, out of place no, here, no, no. because yeah, I don't know how the the social media is all interwoven. I was able to watch it on Facebook, even though it's okay. a TikTok. Yeah, I post. I usually I'll post stuff on. I'll share it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or. But where are you people. recording it at? Uh, I usually re- so I usually just record it on my phone. I post a lot of things to TikTok first. Okay, but then okay, I'll cross post them. Gotcha. Things. Yeah, we don't understand any of that. Yeah, no. I mean, we're like still even Facebook, that was like Ooh. Instagram. I'm still learning Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> so. I just did an Instagram takeover, and I thought that was fancy. So yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think so. I'm I'm probably way too old to be on TikTok. You know. Yeah. I'm, I don't think so. I think that I think our generation is the one that's like taking it over. Yeah, all all us millennials. Well, and at least yeah. you're doing good content versus some of the stuff that you see. That's well, that's yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know. My my thought is that like again in 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 that same vein, like education should be where people are, hmm. right? And and in the past, I like that it was all. It's still this way to us, you know. You know, in the distant past, people didn't know anything mm-hmm. because they couldn't. Or that—that's rude. I, that's not how I meant that. People <laughs> didn't get all the information they probably could have and or needed because they had to go to the institution and mm-hmm. get it, mm-hmm. right? But now we're so connected mm-hmm. that I think we as educators should be wherever people are that need the education. Mm-hmm. So if that's me, you know. I at least try, even if I'm not good at it, mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll do it for a while. And if it's not working, I'm like, eh, you know, I'll, eh. I, I'm happy to bow out. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, okay, if there's people on TikTok, they can learn a little bit about plants mm-hmm. or that might get excited about science or whatever. I, I'm willing to invest a little bit of my time into at least trying. Yeah. I like it. Maybe tech needs to produce, have a show produced about your stuff. Anybody listening with tech? What are you talking about? Like, I mean, the, he could be the plant guy. Like, have his own little. He Texas does. Show. It's in his contract. I know. I know. I'm just saying, like, a, sh- like a TV show is what I'm saying. Oh, we're I mean, putting him on TV. Yeah. How do you yes. feel about a TV show? Oh man, I don't need another thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you're trying to overwork this know, poor I'm man. Sorry. He just wants yes, to spend time with his family and his plants. I, I will say though, I'm starting to work a little bit with KTTZ, okay. and we're producing little bits of, of media that'll go out sometimes on the, on some of the public stuff. And so oh, that's good. Uh, just, just fun stuff here and now here and there. Uh, but you know, it's, again, it's all tools in the toolbox mm-hmm. I, I can use as an educator. Um, it's a great recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know. that's what I'm really thinking is that you're getting the kid, the students yeah. at tech really kind of hyped up and gear, you know, excited yeah. about that. Like you said, just for the future, even once you learn and you glean all this information and then later it's like, oh, it's still necessary once I leave yeah. the Institute. Yeah. All right. So I hate to do this to go backwards, but I feel like we didn't ever really answer your question about herbs. And I want to make sure, oh. Danae, that you got that because oh, okay. I think I started talking about, you know, me because. Right. And it's all about, about me. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what was your question about herbs? Um, How do we grow them? Right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, he, but he did touch on that about having, cause I was worried about the wind and the dirt. So having something oh, okay. to My bad. take care of them. And, and I think, so people are afraid sometimes to like put things in a pot. Mm-hmm. So I am a big proponent of container gardens. Um, you, you know, grow stuff in the soil. I think that's great. But like stuff like herbs that are maybe a little bit more delicate, if you can get a big pot or two and put it on a wheeled base, like the trash can dollies, you know, those mm-hmm. big like mm-hmm. dollies you can put on a, a 50-gallon trash can mm-hmm. or whatever, get a big pot, drill some holes in the bottom of it, and screw it to one of those wheeled bases. 
That's good. Right, and then you can put it out back or put it wherever. And as the the season changes, if it's in a spot that gets way too much sunlight and your herbs are bursting into flame, you know, just move it. And and you, it's easier to bring in in the winter. It's easier to to move around. And it's you know, simple things like that go so far in in gardening. And another thing I tell people is to start small. Like, I think we get excited. I, I'm the mm-hmm, same way. Mm-hmm, I get excited mm-hmm. and I jump into stuff. With and grow like 50 things at once. Yeah, that's yep. why I have like four podcasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, or I'm involved with like a whole bunch yeah. of them. Um, yeah, so I think it's like, okay, if you, a lot of people get nervous about like starting gardening. Mm-hmm. So the tips I give people are start small. Instead of like turning your whole backyard into a farm, Maybe do like a, a you know a, a fifty square foot bed, or do a few containers, and figure it out. And also just come to terms with the fact that you're gonna kill a bunch of plants. Yeah, it, it, it is part of the learning experience. Okay, so then here we're talking about let's just kill things, all right? Yeah, we're just gonna have the light. We're gonna beat this into the ground here. <laughs> what had happened was is that we planted pumpkins. We did start small, okay. and we usually don't. We're actually we're doing all the things you're talking about. I, my husband and I, we've done it all, right? So we tried to start um, the farm. Mm-hmm. Fail. Then we did, well, okay, fine, let's just do raised beds. So then um, we created a horseshoe raised bed. I thought that would be easier to water, right? And it was Pinterest. So makes sense, Pinterest, yeah. right? It's not, FYI. <laughs> should not have done that. <laughs> um, but we planted, um, we planted a lot of different things, but pumpkins was on one side, and then all the rest of the garden was on the other. None of it took, and the pumpkins never came in the first time. But then the next year, the pumpkins, and I never replanted the Like this past time that pumpkins were due, I didn't replant anything. It was just all dead. It came back. And it all came back, and it took over the entire <laughs> thing. You know, that was it. Why did that happen? <laughs> it's all or nothing, right? Uh, sometimes, like, not all the seeds germinate for uh-huh. X, Y, or Z reason. Uh, and then they just sit around, right? Seeds don't necessarily just, like, go bad in the soil in a season. They can stay dormant for a few years. Noted. And so if you had stuff that didn't come up year one mm-hmm. uh, and the conditions just happen to be better year two, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, all that stuff will pop up. Next like year you maybe start a pumpkin farm. And pumpkin yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my, we picked them all and then my husband decided, oh, you know what we're going to do? We called this little side of the house over here the... Um... Driveway? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what we call it at this point in time. <laughs> like the fruit farm? I don't know. We have our oh, fruit tree. The, the orchard. orchard. Yeah, thank okay. you. I don't I'm not an English teacher. I'm just a sign language teacher. We just play games. Guess what's in my brain? Because I can't think of words ever. Okay. Um, so the orchard's over there. So we took the, um, the all the pumpkins, and my husband let my son throw the pumpkins into the orchard. He thinks that we're going to have a bunch of pumpkins grow in the orchard area. Probably. Really? Uh-huh. How exciting. <laughs> They're will. still there. So on your way out, go ahead and look at the yeah, <laughs> yeah, that were smashed will. because you can do that. Okay, oh, cool. There you go. Which is, you know, he's listening to um, these planting podcasts, which I think with the whole education piece, that is so incredible. Like, and that's how you're getting the research out there. It's really working. People really are just, you know, and you get done, you, um, it's like Netflix, you know, I'm binging podcasts sure, yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And so you get done, you need another one. So it doesn't matter if there's one or a million out there. You're always like, there's enough for everyone because we oh, just yeah. want more of that information. Right. Yeah. right? For sure. Yeah. So anyways, we're about to have a bunch of pumpkins, and that's Probably. my life. And they're aggressive, right? So 
Cool. It's I, I think pumpkins and, and squash gourds in general are like kind of an all or nothing sort of thing. Like you'll they'll yeah. either do absolutely nothing or you will your your friends will stop answering the phone because they know you're gonna try to give them a pumpkin or <laughs> like extra squash or something. <laughs> that makes me feel better. Okay, put then. me on your list because I want some pumpkins. Okay, cool. Decoration. You just come on over here. Okay, I'll pick for them. Halloween. Yes, it'll be a whole experience. Yeah, I'll get some hay. Okay. Hey, Rad's in the driveway. Just on the driveway. <laughs> so with the bicycle, we'll just pedal up and back, back and forth. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Okay. Well, this has been a whole lot of fun. It has. Um, we always ask our, or end with one question. Um, and so I'll just throw that out there now. What is one the most memorable life lesson thing that you've learned from your mother? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of just one. Um, the main answer. one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we really heard a lot today. Yeah, like, yeah, we've learned a lot from her. But what is that? You know what? I think uh, again, it's not something that she's ever just just said. Mm-hmm. But I think that it is never too late to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. So she went to back to grad school in her late twenties. I was uh, three or four or something like that. And started a whole new career at you know in her early 30s and uh as she's retired they bought a little peach farm out west of town and um like they've done all kinds of things and she has never been scared to do something new and that i've always appreciated that i don't think i've ever told her that so maybe she'll listen to this yes um and or i should call her and just tell her no i think it's that just 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 Again, courage comes in a lot of forms, and it's scary to do something new. And mm-hmm. as someone who I know has had to start her life over a couple of times for various reasons, she was never scared to just do what she needed to do and to try something different. Yeah. And uh, that, that to me, is is always been pretty impressive. Yeah, I like it. That's a good lesson to learn. Well, thank you. We loved having you. Oh, this was I mean, great. it was absolutely yeah, it the was best. Fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for taking time to come. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our show today. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see you next week. Hey, today's broadcast is brought to you by Lubbock Moms, Lubbock's premier parenting resource of the South Plains. Have ideas or want to hear about something specific? Comment below or email us at info at lbkmoms.com and we'll work it in. Bye.